Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Spark. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them across the UK. This story was told by Rosemarie. At the Hackney Attic. When the theme was surprises. Enjoy. Hey, hello, hello, hello. So cast your mind back to the year 2000 without Facebook, Instagram, Tinder, Grinder, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I consider myself to be one of the pioneers of online dating. So there was Yahoo Chat, FreeServe, BT. Anyway, got on it, got a computer at home, decided that I wanted to broaden my horizons and talk to people from around the world. So I went online and I met a guy from Holland so we were chatting with some prehistoric tool and then progressed to emails and then it progressed to, I think we sent a picture to each other. Like, I think we had to scan it in one of those, like scan two pictures, you know, one of me in a dress and one of me in like jeans, you know. And he sent me this picture looking up proper hot, like muscles and, and he was looking up, he was looking up in the camera and it was like all hunky and shit I was like whoa okay I'm not really sure if I want a boyfriend but anyway let me just see how it goes so he's in Holland I'm in England so we were talking for a few weeks a couple of months and oh we progressed to phone calls so I think there was some kind of thing that you could um, use to get cheap phone calls back then anyway so we progressed to phone calls so yeah yeah talking to each other it's quite nice he spoke good English blah 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 because all Dutch people speak good English so then we decided to meet each other so he said, do you ever come to Holland? I was like, well, no, not really. And I said, do you ever come to the UK? He said, no, but for you, I'll make a special trip. So he said, right, um, I'll come over. You know, we can meet as friends. There's no pressure. If anything happens, it happens. So I, I can't remember. I think I told my friends and they were like, really be careful. Don't do this. Make sure he stays in a hotel. I was like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm, I know what I'm doing. So anyway, he comes over. I go to Heathrow. And I pick him up from Terminal 3 and I brought him home. Strange man in my house. So I was like, okay, talking. I felt like I knew him, you know, it was okay, it was cool. So we got on, it was good. Previously, I'd gone for like really hunky, hot guys. So my surprise, well, there's quite a few surprises in this, was he arrived at um, Heathrow and he didn't look like his picture. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed. He was kind of cute, but he didn't look like the picture. He really, I think the picture might have been taken like 10 years ago or something, you know. 
But I was like, okay, we've got a lot of connection. He's not ugly, but his dress sense was shoddy. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like, oh, shallow, but you know. So I'd gone from going out with hunks to this potentially my spiritual soul connection that didn't know how to dress and wasn't a hunk. <laughs> but it was fine. So um, we developed a relationship. We had a long distance relationship. He lived in Holland. I lived in the UK. And I would go there sometimes and he would come to the UK. So we had a talk. Are you going to come to England? What should we do? Let's see how this works. I actually wanted to go and live in Holland. So I got a job. I was really ballsy. I um, spoke to this Dutch bank, big, uh, big bank, ABN AMRO Bank, had a conversation with one of their representatives in the UK and um, had an interview. They paid for my travel. I went to Holland, had an interview, had a second interview and they offered me a job because I was very independent. I didn't want him paying for my way. I'd never lived with a man in my life. So I moved countries. I um, went to work in a bank, never been to a bank, never lived with a man in my life. So all these things were adding up. And um, I have to say, I didn't like living with him. I just really didn't like it. I was like, he was selfish. His friends, um, they were having this boys' culture thing. They all had keys to the house. They would just push the keys in the door and come in the house. Like we'd be like hanging out on the on the sofa, and the next thing you'd hear up the stairs, like people coming into the house. I'm like, what is that about? Like, really? I was like, mm -mm -mm, this is not going to work. So, combination of other things. Uh, I was traveling. I was traveling really long hours. Didn't particularly like living with this guy. Really liked him, but didn't like living with him. So, anyway decided I was coming back to England so I thought oh well, he'll stay here it's fine that's the end of the relationship he said no I'm gonna come with you so I'm gonna fast forward 18 years later we live in Sydney together um, and I think some of the things that have kept us going is we have a very healthy relationship in terms of, we've had our ups and downs don't get me wrong it's much more up now we are kind of adults a bit older wiser one of the things that really, really keep us going is we like to surprise each other. So whether it's a fancy hotel or a lovely trip away or it's buying mini croissants from Lidl, we like to surprise each other. And that's what keeps us going and that's what keeps us healthy. That was Rosemary. Next up, Rick. With another story about surprises. Hello. I, uh, I grew up in the 70s and 80s up north, as you can tell. And uh, I grew up around a lot of woodland and farmland, which was the perfect place to have adventures when you're kids. You know, rope swings, building dens, bike rides, fishing, that sort of thing. And um, a lot of it was private land, which kind of added an element of danger to it because it was, it was part of a, a kind of a country estate. So there were groundsmen that would sort of catch you and chase you away. Some of them had broken shotguns over their arms, so that added a real element of danger to it. And there was also Pat, the farmer's wife, who always had a shotgun over her shoulder, and she was an absolutely fearsome woman. And if, if she caught you, God help you. And, the, I mean, the, the rumour was that she'd actually shot a kid dead, and he was buried somewhere on the farm. 
And you know that kind of conviction that kids have when you're that age? You know, it's obviously bollocks, but you believe it anyway because it's just more exciting. Because there's always that one kid with such conviction that says, no, no, honestly, honestly, because it's private land, right? So they can shoot you. Legally, it's private land. So they can shoot you and the police can't touch them. And you go like, yeah, I know. Which made us go all the more because it just made it more exciting. Now... Our favourite place to go was this place, it was a pond called the Perch Pond. And it was in the middle of an open field in this quite steep dip. And there was woodland sort of either side and there was a sort of hill that led down to the farmhouse. So it was quite close to the farmhouse, which of course added an element of danger to it because there was the risk of being caught, which of course was one of the factors that made it our favourite place. Now, we used to fish in the perch pond. I only ever caught one fish there. And quite naturally, with it being the perch pond, uh, it was a roach. But that was the only fish I ever caught there because my cheap fishing rod was like a very vivid, bright green. Um, so it must have looked like Luke Skywalker's Return of the Jedi era lightsaber just hovering over the surface of the water, which is basically a beacon telling fish to steer clear. Now... It was our favourite place. We were quite territorial about it, and it was the perfect place to kind of lark about and, you know, fish, argue, have the deep philosophical conversations that teenage boys have, you know. Uh, there was the time that Jared threw a rock at a wasp's nest, and it all played out in exactly the way you'd expect. So the vibe was a kind of mix of um, swallows and Amazons, uh, last of the summer wine, and stand by me. So, have I painted a fairly vivid picture of idyllic teenage summers? Yeah. Oh, good, good, right. One particular summer, I think it was 1985, we were about 14, and we were at the perch pond fishing, and we had a picnic. Well, it wasn't a picnic, it was, it was a big bag of broken biscuits you could get for 50p <laughs> off the market, but it was a picnic to us. We'd been there a few hours, and we spot this guy just sort of ambling over from the woods opposite. And he wasn't a groundsman, he wasn't the farmer, we'd never seen him before. I remember he had sort of slick back hair, glasses, and a very heavy leather jacket that older people wear. He looked like, you know, John Shuttleworth, the comedian, the comedy character. Yeah? No? Google him. Oh, good, yeah. So he looked like him. And I remember thinking, that jacket's unusual in, on such a hot day. But he came over and he sat down, and we felt a bit kind of, who's this grown-up coming and invading our boy's day? But he was a grown-up, so, you know, you, you sort of let him sit down. He was friendly enough. You know, all right, lads. Caught anything? No, not really. And he just starts chatting about nice spots locally to go fishing, asks us what school we go to, and he's pleasant enough, so we're happy enough to chat with him, even though we wish, really, he'd just bugger off. And then he said five words that I'll never forget. Have you started wanking yet? There was a silence. Obviously, the atmosphere changed considerably. <laughs> so he filled it. He said, oh, don't worry, lads, don't worry. I know loads of lads your age. They're all mates of mine. They come round my house, you know, and they tell me stuff. And I, they tell me the problems because they can talk to me. So, you know, you, you, you can tell me, lads. I know what lads your age get up to. You know, I help them out. Now, from an adult perspective, you know, I think, what was his objective? What was, what was the actual objective there? 
Have you started wanking yet? Well, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm doing it right. It's all right. Come here. I'll show you. That's not what happened. I should, should make that clear. Was that the objective? Or was it just creating the discomfort and very real fear that we'd all started to feel in that moment? I don't know. Anyway, Wayne, who was a bit older than, the, he was a year older than us, he somehow mustered the courage to, to say to this guy, yeah, well, you shouldn't, be asking us, you shouldn't be asking us questions like that, mate. It's not right. We shouldn't be having conversations with you like that. It's, it's not right. You shouldn't be asking questions like that, mate. Sorry, but you shouldn't, you know. And that was enough, thankfully. That was enough to make him back off and just say, oh, it's all right, lads, no offence, no offence, you know. Have yourselves a nice day. And he got up and he ambled back in the direction he'd come from. And we just sort of sat there going, probably weren't as freaked out as we probably should have been. But it just became part of the fabric of the perch pond. You know, one of the tales from the perch pond, if you will. Didn't stop us going back there which we did regularly. We never saw him again. We frequently got chased away by shotgun-wielding groundsmen, and we saw Pat a few more times and survived to tell the tale. But as I said, it didn't stop us. I wish I had some profound sentiment to offer about essentially being approached by a possible paedophile. <laughs> Although this was the mid-80s, so the word paedophile hadn't entered the national vocabulary at that point. It was just pervert, and that was enough. Um, but I don't have any profound insights. I just look back with that kind of slightly bemused, fucking hell, did that happen? Yeah. And that's my story. Thanks for listening to Spark True Stories. If you love what we do, please help us spread the word by leaving us a review on iTunes. For more true stories and to see a live event, Head to stories.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.